Welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast, intentionally designing a lifestyle of freedom. Today, we are going to talk about the B word, the big bad budget. Oh no, it strikes fear into so many people's hearts. Budgeting. (laughs) How to win with money, even in hard times. That sounds like a lot more fun than the dreaded B word. I'm not going to say that word. Well, I probably will say it again a few times today. Budgeting. Everybody needs one, but nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, most people don't enjoy it. Dave Ramsey says a budget is telling your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. Now that sounds like something that I can get behind, even though I don't like budgeting. Let's just jump right into it. That's the only topic we've got for today, reserved all for how to manage your money, how to win with money even in hard times. There are so many different routes that you can go with managing your money. And sometimes you just got to kind of experiment and see what works for you. You want to start with assessing where you are at financially. Are you scraping the bottom of the barrel just to get by each and every week? Or maybe you're ending up dead even after all the bills have been paid each month. Perhaps you've got $150 left over and aren't sure where it should go. Or maybe you're the person who's just rolling in the cash and trying to decide how to best allocate the extra money. But understanding where you're at right now is key in creating a plan for moving forward. Because you can't get to where you want to go if you don't know where you're starting from. It's so much easier if you know where you're at and you can create a plan to get to that next step. So today, I'm coming from the perspective of somebody who is at rock bottom. Can't dig any deeper. Can't afford to miss a day of work, or the money will run short. The lights will get cut off. The person who needs a midweek paycheck just so they can pay the insurance, or the water bill, or the doctor bill. They skip breakfast and lunch because there's not enough money to buy the food to eat. That is dire circumstances. One poll has 78% of workers living paycheck to paycheck. That's an insane number. 78% of workers can't afford to miss a day of work or a week of work. If you find yourself in that category, then today's show is for you. And if that is you, then you want to start with a zero budget. And what I mean by a zero budget is... Every time you get a paycheck, sell something, or even if you find a dollar on the sidewalk, that gets put into one of your budget categories. Every single penny that you can come up with needs to go into a category. And where I would start with on the categories are what Dave Ramsey calls the four walls. That's your food, your utilities, shelter, and transportation. Those are the essentials for modern living, for life today. If you don't have food, you're not going to live to see another day of work. You need the utilities because that's, yeah, you just need utilities and shelter. Food and shelter are the two top priorities. And transportation so that you can get to where you need to go to generate more income. If you've got those covered, you can survive to fight another day. But even inside those categories, there's things that we can do to stretch out our budget and make it go even a little bit farther. That could be anything from cutting the cable, getting rid of one of the cell phones. If you're a multi-cell phone house, and most households are, then 
you might consider getting rid of one of them or switching to a more cost-effective carrier at the least. Mint Mobile has some super cheap plans. I, I was with them for a while. They don't provide quite good enough service in my area to run the business that I need. So I ended up switching to someone who has better coverage in my area. But I really loved their the cost of their plans. They were super cost-effective. Something else you might do is sell an extra vehicle to minimize expenses. A lot of households have an extra vehicle. You know, we think that you got to have one vehicle to go to work and another vehicle for the other spouse to haul the kids around. And it goes on and on. But you don't have to have that many vehicles. You can get by on one or even only two vehicles. Speaking of which, I have a vehicle that I need to fix to get it running right and sell it. I'm sitting on an extra vehicle that I don't need to have. Something else you could do is eat out less. A lot of people spend money on fast food. It might be $2 here, $4 there, $8 there, getting a soft drink or a hamburger, whatever it may be. But those things add up. Dollar plus dollar plus dollar equals many, many dollars over time. If you're truly in danger of getting kicked out of your house or having the lights turned out, you probably want to stick to eating rice and beans and ramen noodles for the foreseeable future. Many college kid has gotten by simply because they lived on ramen noodles, ramen noodles, however you want to say that. I'll I'll just say both, ramen and ramen, so I don't get anybody offended, you know. But until you're through this particular period of financial struggles, buy the cheapest food possible. Food is a huge expense. And if you can survive on rice and beans and, and ramen noodles for a couple of months until you get your feet back under you, that will go a long way towards stretching out your budget. And if you don't want to go that far, you should at least eliminate buying pre-made food, like I mentioned earlier, the, the fast foods or eating out at all, getting the soft drinks, the iced teas and coffee from the coffee shops or gas stations. Now, I like my coffee. I love good coffee. And a lot of people would absolutely flip out that I spend 20 to $25 a pound for my coffee beans. That's not even for a cup of coffee. That's just for a pound of coffee beans. And then I got to do the work of putting it together. But those same people who are like, wow, that's expensive coffee, will go to a gas station or a coffee shop and spend between 2 and $5 on a little cup of coffee. Add those up and see which one is more expensive. I can get a lot of cups of coffee out of a $25 pound of coffee. It's going to take you a hundred, probably a hundred to $150 to drink enough coffee from a gas station or a coffee shop to equal a pound of coffee. Add those up. I dare you. When you go shopping, make your list ahead of time and don't buy anything that's not on the list. Nothing. Impulse buying is a budget killer. Ask me how I know. I do it sometimes. The thing you want to have for sure is a goal or a target that you're shooting for. That target for most people is financial freedom. And that might look a little bit different to each and every person. But the best tool for the first step in that journey is an effective budget. Here is 12 tips from Dave Ramsey's Every Dollar Budgeting Tool. Go to everydollar.com, sign up, great budgeting tool. Number one, budget every month before it begins. List out your expenses from your electric bill, your water bill, your phone bill, your mortgage or rent, your grocery bill, everything that you can think of, list all those expenses out 
and create a budget before the month begins. Number two, budget to zero. That means every dollar, like I mentioned earlier, every dollar that comes into your possession goes into a category. Track every expense. That's number three. It doesn't matter if it's a 50 cent candy bar or a $250 light bill. Whatever it is, track those expenses so that you can see where your money's going over time. And then you can do step number four, review your spending habits. After a month or two months or six months, look back over time and say, whoa, I spent $175 on candy bars. Now, that'd be a lot of candy bars, but I'm just saying, if you don't track it, you don't know what you're spending it on. So you can't review it and make adjustments, which is the next step. Actually, that's two steps down the road. Set a realistic budget is the fourth step, fifth step. I'm getting mixed up here. Number five, set a realistic budget. If it takes $150 a week to buy groceries for your family, don't set a budget for $75. You might try to squeeze it a little bit and go $135 or $140, but you're not going to cut it in half unless you can find some kind of bargain bin and um, or live on rice and beans and ramen noodles. Number six, make adjustments. As you track your spending habits and then you go through your review period, then you can make an adjustment on, okay, I don't want to spend this much money in this category because I'm way over spending on candy bars or eating out or whatever it might be, or I need to get rid of that energy hog freezer or refrigerator so that I can reduce my electric bill. But make those adjustments. Number seven, create a miscellaneous category. It is so easy to miss things when you're building your budget for the first time. When you're setting those categories, it's so easy to miss dentist bills, doctor bills, uh, school expenses, all those little things. Some of it doesn't matter how long you've been budgeting. Sometimes you miss things. So create a miscellaneous category to cover that. Number eight, budget for annual and semi-annual expenses. That would be things like your car insurance. Um, taxes, things of that nature. Number nine, save for big purchases a little at a time. That would be a vehicle, a big vacation, or something that costs a lot of money, more than a month's worth of income. Number 10, budget for fun. Include a category in there to go bowling, to take the family out to eat, and just to spend time together, to go to the beach for a day or two. Make sure you include a category for fun. Number 11, understand the difference between needs and wants. Now, a need is food. A high-end steak is a want. Yes, it's food, but that's a want. When when you don't have the money there, if you buy the steak and it's going to make so your lights get cut off, you don't buy the steak, you buy the rice and beans and the ramen noodles. And you still pay your light bill. So, understand the difference between needs and wants. And last but not least, give yourself grace. We all make mistakes. We go over budget on certain categories. We forget a category. Whatever it may be, give yourself grace. You're going to make mistakes. Just pick yourself back up, dust yourself off, add that category, and do better. Try, fail, fail better. Once you have your four walls covered, then you need to decide on a budget methodology. This often varies based on a person's personality type. This is where it gets fun. Are you someone who thinks big picture, like you like 
visualizing things far out into the future. What are What is it going to look like? What do I want in life? Do I want to have a homestead? Do I want a travel lifestyle? What do I want things to look like for me 10 years down the road? Is that you? Are you somebody who thinks about the fun aspect of it? What can we do that's fun? You know, I, I want to go on vacations. I want to travel a lot. I want, you know, fancy sports cars and things like that. We're, ha- we're having lots of fun here. Are you somebody who likes to think of the, the helpful, the supportive side of it? Like, how can we create a budget that supports our family's goals? Or are you somebody who likes to dig into the details? Those things are going to dictate how you go about setting your budget or the methodology that you use. And there's a few different methods that people use to create their budget. The first one we've already talked about a little bit is a zero-based budget where every single dollar is budgeted towards an expense the second it becomes available. When you pick that dollar bill up off the sidewalk, it needs to go into a category. This type of budget is very hands-on and very detailed. Next, you might go with like a ratio methodology. A lot of people use the 50-30-20 method. That's very big picture. It's not so many categories and a lot less detail-oriented. And the 50-30-20 is 50% towards your essentials. That would be the four walls that we talked about. 30% towards personal expenses, like eating out, clothes, that that nature of things. And then 20% towards savings. So you want to continually build up that savings, that emergency fund. Next, you've got the envelope method. Each spending category gets an envelope from light bill to water bill to to car payment to the rent to clothes. Everything you spend money on needs to have a category and money goes into it. If the money is not in there, then it doesn't get spent. And in this method, whenever you get a paycheck, you get cash and then you divvy out your paycheck to each category based on the amount you need by the week, by the month, by the year, so on. Next, you have your values-based budgeting method, and you list your expense values from most important to least important. That would be like your housing, your food, your utilities, and your transportation, and so on. Whatever is the most valuable to you is going to be higher up on that list of categories. So if you really value vacations, you might put that higher than um, camping trips, which that could be a vacation. You'd probably put that higher up than I don't know, some other category, like a new vehicle. But you list out your expense values from most important to least important. And then you divvy up the paycheck according to the amount needed for each item on that list. And the category that isn't funded when the money runs out doesn't get funded. And last, we have pay yourself first. This is a savings-oriented budgeting method. So you set aside a specific amount from each from each paycheck, no matter what. If you make $1,000 this week, you put that $200 into your pay yourself category. If you make $500 this week, you still put that $200 aside. It's best for somebody who has a specific savings goal. Like I need $10,000 to buy a new vehicle. So every week, no matter how much I make that week, $200 is going into this category. That way by X date, I have the $10,000 I need to buy that new vehicle. That is all I've got today. Next week, I want to talk about ways that we can uh, not, not manage the money that we've already had, 
how we can expand our income potential because that's where the true gold is at. If you are someone who is stuck at a low paying job and you just haven't been able to move up, there's things that you can do to make more money. And we want to dive into that next week. So come back next Wednesday, same time, same place. We're going to talk about how to expand your income generating capabilities. I'll probably say that a lot more in a fun, more fun way next week, but that's what we want to talk about. So I just want to leave you with this question. To what degree does money control my happiness? Does money control your happiness? Does it control my happiness? When I saw that question, I was like, wow, if I don't have money, am I less happy than if I have a lot of money? Yeah, money can buy me a lot of things to make me happy, but does the money control my happiness? If I'm not a happy person without the money, am I going to be happy with the money? How about you? Does To what degree does money control your happiness? Let me know. If you like the show, you want to have a conversation around this, you, you don't know where to start, reach out to me. I'd love to help you with this. Just get you going and give you a good starting point for creating a budget that works for you, that works for your family. Send an email to coach at kennethesh.com if you are interested in that. I'll drop a link in the show notes where you can schedule a call. If you have any feedback directly on the show, send that to ken at constructiveliberty.com. Also, if you haven't already, I would love it if you would leave a rating and a review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever it is that you listen to your podcast, but especially iTunes and Spotify. Those will help us to grow the show. And if you find this valuable, Share it with a friend. Share it with somebody who is struggling right now or who could use some tips on managing your money in hard times, how to get through. One last thing before I end today's show. I'm trying to grow the show and I want to get better sound quality. And to do that, I need a little bit better microphone. I've got one on Amazon that I would like to buy. It is about $130. What I do want to do is offer you a spot in a mastermind that I'm creating. And this is around budgeting, creative money management, income generating possibilities, increasing your income generating capabilities. And this would be $25 a month and we would meet twice a month. So if this is something that would interest you, reach out to me. Again, that email is coach at kennethesh.com. I'll put links where you can find these resources in the show notes. Check it out. I'll see you back here next week talking about increasing your income generating capabilities. So make sure you tune back in next week. Go forth and do good work. I really think I need a new way to end the show. If you got any suggestions, hit me up. Thanks. Have a great week. Goodbye. <music>